0: Welcome to the Power of Love Show sponsored by the D.D. Jackson Foundation, where we shine a light on loss and grief and how it impacts our lives. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Power of Love Show sponsored by the D.D. Jackson Foundation. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. I am T.J. Jackson, and with me is my eldest brother, Taj Jackson. What's going on, T? Nothing much, big bro. Uh, of course, as you know, we are live on Facebook and YouTube. We are also, I should say it this way, you may also be listening to us via podcasts. Yes, the Power of Love show is uploaded each and every week, right after the live taping of our show to all the major podcast platforms. So whether that's Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, however you listen to your podcasts, obviously uh, we appreciate you checking in. We want to remind you guys to subscribe to our podcast or subscribe to our channels. But also if you enjoy the content to make sure to like it, leave a review, leave a comment. Uh, it helps other people who may need our Content, it helps them find it when there's some positive reaction to what we're doing. So, we would greatly appreciate any of that kind of support. Now, we are not licensed therapists. We are just ordinary people who've experienced loss in our lives. We've been impacted by it and we have learned from it. And what we like to do here is share our opinions in an attempt to help you get through whatever it is you may be going through. Saying that if you need professional help, we urge you to seek it and to find it. Please do, don't just rely on us or our, any of our guests. Um, with that said, you guys, I do want to remind you that uh, if you enjoy this podcast, the show, we are here at the DeeDee Dee Jackson Foundation would like to invite you to donate to our organization to help provide music therapy classes to grieving children. Um, you could donate here on YouTube uh, if you do Super Chats any extra that we get from YouTube, um, I should say our cut from that goes directly to our programs. Um, you can also be donating to us via Facebook. But you also can simply just go to ddjf.org um, and there's a donate page, donate page there. But there's also other information about who we are, what we are, and what we do uh, to try to do our part to help others get through this thing called life uh todd jackson did i miss anything that i need to share share no oh so what did i miss the um, way you said it you made you it seem like
1: disclaimer? you did disclaimer I, yeah well are you yeah. what are you paying you were, attention you were so smooth about it that you went right into the, <laughs> so, yeah. the uh, donation aspect of it that i was just like did you even touch though.
0: it? You know, it's so funny. Touch when I was doing, I was like, I, I'm, "Today I'm feeling pretty smooth with it." So I was gonna it, it, say, "Yeah," it just <laughs> surprised me. <laughs> That's funny. Um, well, again, we have people, uh, you all from all around the world, who check in uh, just to join us and to be part of our community. We love you guys, and we want to thank you guys each week for being here. Um, there's times where we forget to tell you guys, but we want to again just thank you for for being with us and, and, and doing your part to help the show go. So mm-hmm. thank you so much. Yeah. Now with all that said, Taj, I would like to ask you how was your week
1: or is there anything you want to share with us? Well, there's a couple things. First of all, totally forgot that February is the short month that, okay. a lot of stuff. you know, in, in general, <laughs> I was expecting two or three more days in, in a month. But besides that, there's been a lot of birthdays in February. I, fr- I forgot just inter- even with our family, but just oh, yeah. you know, with Taylor's friends as well, having birthdays. It's been a birthday month for me in that way. Yeah. Um, but it's always exciting, you know seeing people in, in that. And um, unfortunately, I lost my wallet a couple days ago. Yeah uh, because of that, just moving around too much, doing doing too much, you know, and I'm a creature of habit, so I don't like to do a lot in, in a short period of time. And yeah, something was gonna give, and lost my wallet. Did and you get it back? Well, kind of. Uh, the kind of is the someone actually was going to return it to me. I saw it on my Zoom, but okay. I but we weren't there, so didn't answer. So she left, and so I don't know. We're praying she comes back. That was yesterday. Okay. Um, and so you know, might have been that she was doing it right before work or whatever, but she did come she like she opened up the wallet and like you know like and then that's a promising sign that's a very good sign but i'm just hoping there's not a discouragement maybe a a one and done
0: i'm happy you shared that story because uh oftentimes we always hear sad endings and and the bad side of humanity when they'll take the wallet charge some things on it or take some free cash or whatever but to hear that someone came to your door
1: yeah rang the doorbell
0: found out where you live from some identification you may have had in your wallet but i think really cool for them to take time out of their day to go the extra mile to try to do the right thing so uh, thanks for sharing that we always yeah. need to hear those kind of stories you know I'll keep you
1: posted I'll, uh, next week hopefully I'll say after, yeah she came back with the wallet yeah.
0: Todd, you're getting a lot of uh, comments about your uh, your arm on the couch thing he's serious but relaxed no 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 man put it back up I don't oh, I was I was, I was. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> It goes on wet. It goes. I think that I think that's great. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, as as for I think you hit it right, Taj. There's been a lot of birthdays. You know, um, cousins, nephews, um, friends. Um, Just yesterday, we we spent a a good portion of our day with BG, who turned twenty one, our cousin, and it was just always good seeing other cousins. Yeah, Uh, we played some board games, and um, yeah, it's it's scary how quickly Top our life. younger cousins and our kids are growing up but it's just a reminder that we don't have we don't know how long we have with our youth and we have to do all we can to 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 make sure we, we you know we 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 do good things with them so 100 um, percent um i'm trying to think what else there is to talk about taj but I, I we have an amazing guest so i think we should just jump into it if you're cool yes do it All right. So on today's episode of the Power of Love show, we welcome a special, special guest. His name is Asante Cleveland. Now, Asante Cleveland is a best-selling author, speaker, and former NFL tight end. Asante played for the San Francisco 49ers, New England Patriots, and Los Angeles Chargers in his four-year career. He recently released his first book, Working Through the Dark, where he shares his experience with child abuse overcoming obstacles, and the life lessons he learned on his way to the NFL. Love it. Here today to discuss his book and share a bit about his personal story. Without much further ado, please, welcome everyone, Asante Cleveland to the Power of Love show. Asante.
2: Hello, hello.
0: Yes. So this is, okay, there's a lot of things I could say right now. But the first thing I want to say is you are putting both Taj and I to shame with that, that golden deep voice you got.
2: Um, <laughs> I'm sure. I've been, I'm lucky my dad has a very deep voice so he passed on his height and his voice <laughs> yeah. to me
0: yeah hey man thank you for being here I have to ask this. I mean I have questions for you but this is my first one do you get compliments on your voice daily
2: it's it's been something that is it's been happening since like high school people always commenting like oh you have a radio voice so yeah. I, I've grown up and just kind of understood the territory. And when people like hear me talk, like that's normally their first reaction it's like, oh, you have a really deep voice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, I mean, I'm just now looking into the comments and I, I, you know, you know, people, great voice. And Sequoia says, yo, deep voice woke me up with the heart's eyes. And then <laughs> Jack Love says, oh, Asante's handsome and I love the voice. So there you go. Oh, uh, I appreciate yeah. it. I love this. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm a happily married man, but that voice is golden, man. It's a nice voice. But anyways, uh, you are quite an inspiring person, Asante, not only for achieving the goal of becoming a professional athlete who played in the NFL for four years, but also for being vulnerable enough to write this book and share some very personal experiences in your life. Let me start with this. Do you think men and even more so men who are professional athletes have a harder time opening up about personal experiences and emotions because of the stigma that society places on men to be tough and let's say
2: man up? Yeah, 100%. It's it's that societal norm of you have to be tough and then when you enter in the sports realm, there's another layer of you have to suck it up like even if you're hurt You still have to play. Um, There's like a difference in sports. Like you're either hurt or you're injured. And there are a lot of times when people are really injured, but will just play like they're hurt just so that they can still be available to their team. And you later see how that mindset is not healthy uh, outside of sports. It's really not all the healthy in sports, but you do what you do have to do to play. But once you're done playing sports and you still hold on to, like, you have to suck it up, you can't really share what you're going through, it starts to be an issue within your personal life. And, yeah, I think men just need to learn how to express themselves. And for the most part, guys are out of practice. Like, it's it's not encouraged, so people just keep everything to themselves.
0: Yeah, and and, and w- when when guests are answering questions, I usually am commenting and putting up comments based on it. But I, I, they're having such good time. They're talking about how you have an amazing voice. You can do radio and podcasts. And Denise says he looks too good for radio. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just enjoying. I <laughs> I'm so just enjoying guy. the commentary that, that that's going on while yeah. while while you're talking. Um, I, I do have another question to something because. You obviously well you obviously went through uh, an experience and, and some trauma when you were younger, but at the same time, you still accomplished something that I would say, at least as a male speaking, that 99% of us male would love to do, and that's to become a professional athlete. That That is something that is so challenging, difficult, not only because you have to have the physical attributes, but you also have the mental attributes. You have to have the, the, the will and desire to work and practice and do things when others, all your friends may be out partying or doing whatever they want. So my first question is, uh, I guess the question I want to ask you is, how did you get to a place um, how did you get to a place where you went through something in childhood but still found that that strength and that desire and that willpower to stay focused on achieving your dream?
2: Well, I was really lucky in that so I went through the abuse uh, on dealing with my my birth mom and then was living with my dad from 11 on and I was lucky that once I was spending full custody with him, I got more involved in sports and he has a sports background himself. He played in the NFL for a year. And so he was really instrumental in teaching me what it takes to really go to the next level. Um, I learned very early on that if you want to be great at something, you can't just do the bare minimum Mm -hmm. and you'll just continue to get the same results as everyone else. So you have to learn how to, work when no one else is watching he called that working in the dark mm-hmm. and so as i developed as an athlete like through high school basketball which i loved i thought it was going to be a basketball player and then i started to get notoriety in football i had been blessed with the guidance to know like okay if this is something i want to focus on then i have to put in a lot of effort and that mm-hmm. is ultimately how i made it to college and then from college uh making it to the NFL.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and
0: uh, Taj, you cut me off whenever if you have a question. Um, I, what we do here too, Asante, we kind of jump all over the place. So um, <laughs> I, I, I I I want to know. Uh, there's so much I want to know, but oh,
1: I, I'll, I'll jump yeah, in with a question. Go ahead, Taj. Um, yeah, I mean, how was that transition in terms of from from your birth mom to your dad? In that way, was he already in your life a lot? In that way, and so it was. It was an easier transition than, you know, um, yeah. That, that's kind of my question because, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm so excited you had such a positive role model, and look what
2: happened from that. Yeah, I was lucky in that. So they got divorced when I was probably like five, mm-hmm. and so they did split custody where I would see him every other weekend. So, okay. we yeah. would like I'd go over there. We'd go to the movies, but. I never really spent like the week with him Mm -hmm. and so when i was living with him full-time it was our first real relationship of just day in day out being around each other Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm grateful that he was already in my life so that it wasn't such a a shock of like meeting a new person
1: yeah Mm. that's really Mm. cool yeah
0: um it's a good question though Taj because we we had a similar thing when I I mean we were
1: older but yeah similar with our dad in in that way you know the custody aspect of it and then when my mom passed basically we like moved not yeah lived with my dad basically Mm -hmm. and it was almost like you know reconnecting in a way a lot of Mm -hmm. lost years and stuff
0: well and and I'll say this and this could be a different situation for you because I Yeah. And let me me just keep going because I I can open up a whole nother conversation. I want to make sure we get to your book, which is called Working Through the Dark. Uh, It's a cool title. Tell us how you decided on this powerful title and what inspired you to write the book and share a deeper insight into your life.
2: So the title came from just a saying that my dad had shared with me when I was probably in fifth grade the (laughs) The first time I played organized basketball, played this team and they played. We had this kid that was really good and he was just kicking my butt up and down the court. And so much so that I was just like crying at the end of the bench. Um, But this was my first time really experiencing like someone being like this much better than me. Because before I was playing soccer and I was pretty good at soccer. And so at the end of the game, my dad took me to this outdoor park. Uh, where there was a basketball courts, and he stopped the car and said, Asante, I'm going to walk to that far baseline. If when I turn around, you're not standing at the free throw line waiting for me, I'm going to walk all the way back to the car, and we will never speak about this again. But if you want to be great, you will will be waiting for me at the free throw line. So he gets out. I'm still kind of in my feelings. Um, But I follow him. I meet him at the free throw line. He turns around, just gives me a big hug, but says a kid wasn't better than you, but he has put in more work than you have. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be great, you have to learn how to work in the dark. So that was the essence of where the name came from. And I changed it to working through the dark because. I wanted to just talk about the process of like as a young person who was starting out on their journey, you're really walking through the unknown, and there's going to be things that happen that you can't prepare for, but you'll still have to figure it out. And so you're kind of going in dark. And then for the older reader um, who has possibly experienced trauma themselves, uh, this is the process of exploring the traumas that you may have, maybe you haven't dealt with in a long time, uh, and the process of working through that. So this all started. Uh, in COVID is when I really thought about writing this. I had been working through like past traumas. I'd started going to therapy and when the world stopped, it kind of gave me an opportunity to kind of just sit back and breathe. But then I had the realization that there were so many kids who, the ones that were already being abused, it was only getting worse because now they're trapped in a situation where they can't leave Mm. for an uncertain amount of time. And so I wanted to share what I had been through to hopefully encourage them that no matter what you've gone through or no matter what you're going through, you can still achieve whatever you want. You can overcome tough situations. And then I was also as I was working through this, I was realizing how much that those instances that trauma still affected me. And so Mm -hmm. I just wanted to share my story for others who may haven't uh, really explored their past to encourage them that like, hey, like you have to work on yourself because I realize how many people are, have no awareness to how they're still being affected by things that have happened years and years ago. Yeah, I,
0: and and I, I, my brother would agree with this, but I thank you for for writing your story in your book, you know, especially as I, I, I think we need to hear, uh, we need to see and hear all different types of people talk about mm-hmm. their experiences, yeah. you know, and, and you being a professional athlete, it's kind of like with us, you know, us being Jacksons, people didn't think, you know, that we could lose our mother as kids or that we could, you know, no, as not, if
1: we're be affected th- by stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: As if we're immune, you know, and, and that's one thing, reason why it was important to us to do the, the show and to do our found the foundation is because we want to kind of change that, narrative uh that it can happen to anyone and it can it doesn't matter where you're from or or what you achieve it could still happen to you and again i appreciate it because you still although you went through such a traumatic experience as a youth you still were able to find a motivation and a will to be a successful man and i and i i commend that and think that story needs to be shared as well so again i just thank you for not only doing the book but coming on uh, on our show and, and all the other press you're going to be doing are, are due. Um, did you have any reservations about releasing this book into the world and feeling like, quote unquote, exposed as a public figure?
2: Yeah, uh, it was. The book was done for maybe a few months and I was still kind of on the fence on like, am I going to put this out? Be- because not only was it the story, which. I'd gotten to a spot where I was way more comfortable talking about it and sharing it, but just the thought of like, is my story good enough? Like, will this? Am I the right person to tell this story? But I, I, w- I had just a lot of support and encouragement, and all the work we put into the book, I, I wanted to put it out because I knew that it would help at least one person, and yep, so far have been really encouraged, inspired by just, it's helped people that I would not have expected. Like I've got someone who was in their eighties talked about how this helped them kind of look at their own, their own childhood and how they hadn't been, um, how they had still been avoiding things. So it was just, Mm. I couldn't have expected anything like that. So I'm just grateful that I did it because I knew it would help somebody. Yeah,
1: that's great. It's always rewarding in that way.
2: Sorry,
0: um, we you going to ask something? Are yeah, you as, as well.
1: I mean, I'm seeing in the comments, everyone's, and I hate to go say this because it's, you, you've made such a big deal about it, but. Is there, an, is there gonna do you have an audible version?
0: <laughs> Wait, why are you hating me to say that? That's a good because question. I spent
1: the first 10 minutes about his voice, and now I gotta, <laughs> and I always ask about an audible version, but now it sounds like I'm asking. For your yeah, voice.
0: Todd, you want to hear, you want to go to sleep to Asante's voice? What's up, Todd? Why are you asking about an audible voice? Uh, I
1: always ask, I, I, I prefer audible over everything. That's that's just <laughs> me anyway, because I'm a slow reader. Um, and, But it does seem like, you know, that that would be a, a logical step if, if you
2: don't have one already. In the- I, I haven't yet. It's, oh, a of, man. it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. <laughs> so I just have not dedicated that time yet. It, it could be coming in the future though. Okay, good.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, you know what it is for me with the audible, especially if it's by the artist, um, by the author, art- um, the author um, is there's uh, certain things that you hear in their voice tone and, and all that stuff as they tell the story or whatever it is that you just can't get from reading it in in a way. Especially yeah, if it's someone that wrote the book in that way. So that that's for me why I like it. I just like it and it you feel more connected to their story and that. So yeah, that, that's why that's why I prefer it. Yeah.
0: Asada, do you have the book near you? Is there an excerpt you could read from? Uh, this is from yeah, Georgina, yeah, says, le- let him read something from his book please. Is there like Ooh. a paragraph or and take your time if you need it. I yeah, we'll I put know you on the spot. So I, yeah, I okay. definitely put uh you on the spot. But while oh, you're uh, looking, are you got something? Are you? I got something. I got okay, something. cool. There you go.
2: Um so this is in chapter 23. So the also the way we have the book broken out it goes like story and then reflective chapter and it alternates back and forth. So a little bit about what I was going through at the time. And then the next chapter is about like what lessons can be taken from that. And there are reflective questions at the end for you to ask yourself, because I didn't want the story to just be my story, my woes. I wanted it to be a tool that can help other people. Nice. So this, um, We can't possibly know every day ahead of us, how every day ahead of us will go. Perfection doesn't exist, no matter how hard we try. Yet, every second of every day, we have choices to make. These choices are what lead us in one direction or another. Sometimes we intend to do good, but it ends badly for us. Sometimes we're in the wrong place at the wrong time. And sometimes life just decides to throw us options we are unprepared for. And these decisions we make every day day in and day out can become a pattern, habits, good or bad. These habits take us through different paths we, with different circumstances and different outcomes. Bad habits can destroy our reputation, our career, our relationships, or our will to live. Some lead us to jail, abusive partners, addictions, or worse. And sometimes it's not just one choice that hurts us, but a conglomeration of many choices. There are times where we spiral out of control and we don't even realize it until months or years later. So these moments where life throws us a curveball, bearing us in a direction we didn't want to go, how will you respond? Mm. That's great, man. Right. The book is called Working
0: Through the Dark. It is available on Amazon.com uh i have your your website too asantecleveland.com that is a s a n t e c l e v e l a n d.com what can people find on your website asante
2: so my website it has um links to the book um if they are looking to book me as a speaker uh, there's a form to do that as well um i also have my blog post in there that i getting more active with. But Uh. (laughs) it's just a way for me to have a site that is more professional than just an Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's great. Uh,
0: Another question about your book. Um, What what do you want readers to get from the book? I should say this. What can readers expect from your book and what was your hope or goal in writing it?
2: So I think readers can expect just a story around overcoming obstacles. Uh, I went through a lot of transitions throughout my life, not only just from uh, the abuse and then going from my mom to my dad, but then just navigating through sports. Like I made it to the NFL, but it was a rocky road. So I just wanted to highlight the ups and downs that I went through just to show that, It's never going to be perfect, but as long as you are resilient and learn how to adapt, you can get to wherever you want to go. So that was the main thing that I wanted to take away, but then also having the reflective questions in there as a way to examine their own personal situation and really look at like, what can they do to work through whatever situations ahead of them? What can they do to work through things that have been in their past? That's great, man. Uh, How long did it take you to write the book? It started, so this whole thing started as just a personal essay. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really didn't intend to turn this into a book, um, but I wrote the essay probably in 2019. And then during the pandemic, uh, a mentor of mine connected me to someone he'd worked with who works uh, as a social worker who has worked with kids who are in tough home life situations and has seen how the impacts of like negative family life Mm. has on these kids. So he is the one who helped uh, me turn this into a book. So all in all, once we started working on the book consistently, it was probably a year and a half Mm. uh, to get the rest of the content written out, formatted, and then uh, published. That's great, man.
0: And then, um, who would you say is the prime audience for this book who is this who is who do you feel if who's the prime audience for the book let me start young men
2: i think young men are the prime audience for this book um just based off it's sports related we have uh we have like comic panels in the book as well Mm. to be engaging enough for younger readers um but I still think there is a lot of value for people who have gone through a trauma that will really have some great takeaways with this book as well. Nice. That's great.
1: Um, I have a question in terms of, you said, that, okay, you, it started with a personal essay. What what was that? Like in terms of, was that a challenge? Did someone, or did you read something where you just wanted to write a personal essay or how did that come about?
2: So I had, I probably started therapy. So I retired in 2018 and that transition in and of itself was tough, Mm. but I I started going to therapy probably a year later Mm. after I was realizing that like, I definitely needed to start talking to somebody. Um, and through that, I realized that there was just a story that was still weighing heavy on me and I wanted to get it out Mm. and just be able to observe it objectively, just like right through all the emotions and feelings. And story was the last uh, beating that I got from my mother mm-hmm. and just the whole from the start of that day to like the end of it, and just really diving into that situation that led to me contacting my dad, him coming to my school, and then child protective services being called. Mm-hmm. So I just wrote about that whole experience and it was just, like I said, it was never intended to be like oh, I'm gonna turn this into a book. it was just, I have this thing that I just need to get off.
0: Was there anyone or anything that helped you get to that point where you felt like you had to get it off?
2: Uh, Therapy. And then also I had gone through, I was, I was working in this, this job that I did not like this real estate job. And one of my coworkers gave me this gem of a realization. Um, He was, he grew up in Chicago, a wealthier family and was sharing about how he would kick this soccer ball in his parents' basement and would break a light. And I'm thinking like, Oh, well, did your parents like whoop you for that? And he's, Oh no, I probably broke that light like a hundred times. And my mind was like, that's crazy that you would be able to do that. And there would be no (laughs) physical punishment at the end of that. And it made me realize that like, I was still like struggling with my own stuff and I was realizing that, so with this guy, he was fearless. He had no issues. Like we were doing a lot of cold calling and he had no problem calling one person mm-hmm. nine times. They would block his number. He would ask you for your phone to call that same person back. And was just, there was a, a fearlessness about him that was always like intriguing to me that I just didn't have. And I kind of made the connection of like, there was never consequences to your actions. So there was no reason for you to be afraid to do something like that. Mm -hmm. And it really made me look at like, okay, like I have some stuff that I still need to work on. That's powerful. That That is very powerful.
0: And I I know we touched on it um, a bit about the stereotypes with, you know, with males and young males, not not being able uh, to complain or to voice their opinion or whatever, however we want to say it. What advice, what what, let me say it this way what have you learned by speaking up, uh, speaking out on your situation? Is there any type of either growth or any type of, and I'm trying to phrase this question as if someone is hearing you who is afraid to come out or speak out about something they're going through. What would you say is on the other end of doing such a courageous thing?
2: You'll feel a lot lighter is it's a heavy burden just carrying something around that, you know, doesn't serve you anymore, but you're afraid to let it go or don't know how to uh, work through it. I, I think especially how I look at it is. I always felt I was a burden on other people by sharing what I was going through that my weight didn't need to be let off on somebody else. So mm-hmm. I'm just carrying this thing that I'm, and I'm also not giving myself a break. So it, it's important to, you don't have to be extremely as public as writing a book about it, but I would encourage you to find someone that you trust to lay some of that weight off one, like share what's share what you're going through. It is vulnerability is not a weakness. It is a strength. It's hard to do. But at the end of it, it feels lighter. You get stronger. It's almost like I think of it as working out. Like the first time you try to like bench press, whatever that weight was for you. Like for me, it was having two 45 pound, uh, 45 on each side of the bar. And there was one point where that was incredible. It it was so hard for me to lift on my own, but over years and years, Like I can warm up with that. It's it's not a big deal anymore. And that's the same thing with talking about your issues. Like in the beginning, it's it's hard. You may need someone to spot you. You may need to go to get help. You may need a therapist. But over time, as you start to talk through it, it gets lighter and lighter. Like it's still there. The weight is still the same, but you've gotten tremendously stronger to where it doesn't affect you in nearly the same way. Yeah, that's great.
0: Carrie says, wow, I commend you for having the courage to share all this. That's true strength. And Sarah, uh, I love this comment. Sarah who says, a man working on himself is so attractive, period. I love it. And then Vami, of course, Sarah, right? Uh, <laughs> I love these side conversations. But I I just, I, I respect and I think it's important uh,
1: oh, to share. Sorry, I was going to say, I love the weight analogy that he, he said, the, mm. the exercise thing, because it really does, especially, you know, for a target demographic it makes sense what you just said in that way in terms of the weight being the same in terms of what you're you know um exercising to but it's a lot lighter because you're a lot stronger now and i think yeah. that you know it was the way you put it was greatly you know was well said in that way so i just want to let you know that in, in that way I, to, I appreciate I that. You.
0: So another thing is, which you touched on, or you at least mentioned, is in addition to being an author, you also do um, some speaking. So uh, I would love to hear if you could tell us how and why you got into this field, um, and what could someone expect from attending one of your speaking engagements?
2: Uh, The main thing that I, I try to encourage and impart on, like when I'm speaking to uh, maybe high school athletes, college students, uh, is to just do the best you can. Like you you have to believe in yourself that you will figure out how to overcome situations. Like I said, in college, for me, it was up and down. I started off playing a lot as a freshman. And then for the next two years, I basically rode the bench. And then my senior year was when I got some, uh, I was a starter again, and got some playing time, but through all that, I've still managed to figure out how to get to the NFL. And it's just about how can you, one, believe in your abilities, two, uh, build up your, your confidence and understand that you can overcome anything, you can navigate and adapt to any situation presented to you, and just do the best you can and understand that your best is always getting better.
0: Uh, was that college you were talking about when you said you started as a freshman and didn't as a sophomore and junior? Yeah. That's incredible. So the question, I mean, I'm a a sports fan and and, uh, I'm just, I love sports. My question is, how did you stay motivated? Um, You you come out of high school. You're obviously a good athlete in high school. You come to college. You have, it sounds like some success early on in, in college. And then you kind of, uh, whether someone else starts on you, lose your job, whatever that is, you are no longer at the peak within your school at that position, at least from a coach's standpoint. How do you, as a young man, keep that motivation and keep that desire and keep that ability to work on yourself to improve, to, to win that job back or, or to reclaim that peak spot?
2: How do you yeah. keep that motivation? So after my freshman year of college, the coaching staff got fired and I also had to have shoulder surgery. So a new regime was coming in while I was hurt. So when I was finally healthy, I wasn't the level that they were expecting or whatever it was. So like I said, sophomore year I didn't play. And then going into my junior year, like I took that time. I worked hard. I was, that's why I was focused on. I was like, let me just work as hard as I can so they can never question my effort. Then my junior year, Uh, They named me as the starter at the beginning of the year. But for some reason, I'm still barely playing. Uh, They're even bringing other positions over and playing them over me. So my senior year, I focused on, all right, how can I add value to the team? Because the NFL seemed like an extremely long shot at this point. But I knew that there's no chance for me to go to the NFL if I'm not on the field. So what can I do to get on the field? And I saw that. I had an opportunity as a blocker, as a tight end, there are like receiving tight ends and then there are blocking tight ends. And so we already had a great receiving tight end. So I just focused like, all right, whatever happens, if we're going to run the ball, I'm going to make sure I have to be on the field to get that done. So I went from barely playing those past two years to being on the field. Every time we needed to run the ball, every time we needed to throw the ball deep for protection. So I, I saw an opportunity for myself and I uh, carved a niche.
0: Is that in your book at all? Yeah. Sante?
2: Okay. Cause that's,
0: yeah. that's, and, 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 you know, especially around the world, I know American football isn't, is it the biggest sport in it? You may not understand it, but I think that's very relatable of, of achieving a certain standard in your career and then kind of being put on the back burner or feeling like you're on now on the outside looking in how to keep that motivation and, and, and continue on and pressing to, to, to not let your dreams end and not let your goals end. Um, so I, I love that. And, and, you know, I've read a couple other, um, biographies that are from athletes, but it always seems to be on someone who's in the hall of fame or someone who was always at the top of the chain and someone who just had an incredible, it was birthed with incredible talent or whatever. Um, so it's very cool and interesting to see it from your perspective where you're on the outside at some points along your journey and then fighting to get through. That's powerful. And, and, I, and I think that's important to be in the book. So very cool. Um, okay, cool. So again, for, for people who may want to hear you come speak, can they uh, get you to speak at an event? How is this working? Or do you just have multiple speaking events that are listed on your website?
2: No, just go through my website. You can reach out to me and we can figure out uh, what type of event you're looking to do and cool. how I can, how my message can best help the audience.
0: Very cool. And then uh, we haven't talked on this yet, but Instagram, it's at Asante Cleveland. Uh, that's A S A N T E C L E V E L A N D. Go check out Asante on Instagram. And then there's Twitter as well. It's the same at asante cleveland um and asante i I think we are at that point uh at towards the end uh where we can yeah where we can leave you with the final message um we went a bit longer than we normally do but it's all good man your story is a special one and and i appreciate you sharing it um something that taj and i like to do we like to give our guests the final word so It doesn't have to be on topic. It could be about anything you want to talk about, anything you want to leave our community or anyone who's just discovering us or the listener with. What would Asante Cleveland want to leave us with?
2: I just want to let everyone know that you can overcome anything. I was blessed that in fourth grade when my dad picked me up from school, he made me memorize a poem, and that poem was Invictus. He said that I wasn't allowed to play video games that weekend, until I memorized this poem. So before we got home, we stopped at a grocery store. And as we walked up and down the aisles, he would recite each line of the poem. And by the time we left, I had it memorized. But the most important lines in that book, or that poem are, I am the master of my fate. I'm the captain of my soul. You can change your life in an instant. You can always course correct and figure out your next move Um, My favorite lines are, under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloodied but unbowed. That means no matter what you have had to endure, had to experience, you can still keep your head up and look to make the next best move for the future.
0: That's incredible. That's awesome stuff, man. Uh, The book is called Working Through the Dark. It is available on Amazon. Um, His name is Asante Cleveland uh i i'm gonna just shuffle through if you're watching you're gonna see all his social media handles but asante i just like i said on behalf of taj uh and our entire foundation want to thank you for joining us uh taj was there anything else you want to say there's a couple comments i want to get through but before i get through was there anything else you want to say
1: no I just enjoyed the show and um thank you for writing your book and and definitely a perspective that's needed you know in that um I, I love the demographic that you're going for with you know young males and all that stuff. but I know it can it can transcend to, to anyone, but I think that 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 market is very much needed in that way I, I I could have read your book back that I could have used your book back then is what I'm was saying so I appreciate you writing it.
0: Thank you. Uh, before I get to these comments, um, there's a question that I actually missed, and it was from Soleil, if you don't mind, Asante. Yeah. Where do you find the motivation to sustain good habits, routine, and resilience?
2: That's a great question. I think it's after learning, after experiencing how out of sorts and out of sync I felt when I was out of a good routine. When I When I first retired, it was tough. And I had to, like, figure out, like, find a new community, find a new structure for myself, and ultimately find a new identity that wasn't around uh, my athletic career. So I would encourage uh, everyone to figure out a morning routine that works and just stick to it. Um, For me, I wake up, I go work out for, like, 10, 15 minutes. Nothing crazy. Like, I'm not down there, like, lifting. I just want to go down there and sweat. Um, But I think the most important part of my my morning routine is journaling. So I have three different journals for uh, what I want to get out of the day, what I'm grateful for um, and what I want to see my life be in the future. And I promise you, like once I started actively being grateful, uh, actively planning out what I wanted my life to look like things change significantly very cool great answer thank you for that
0: uh okay now we got some fun comments uh number one sarah says she wants to hear uh, you reenact the narration for thriller uh and then another sweet comment is from melissa who says his voice is giving me a kobe bryant vibe Uh, i'm not sure if you heard that one and then janine with the super chat says asante for your truth transparency and sexy voice so, <laughs> thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> very, very, very cool. Um, I, I think that's it. I, everyone had a really good time hearing what you had to share, Asante. Um, it, it, I just want to again thank you so much for being part of our our show for for sharing your story. I wish you nothing but the best with the book um, on behalf of my eldest brother Taj and um, the foundation, we thank you for joining us. We, we yeah, really do, you. and we we appreciate you, and, and we hope you continue on sharing your story um, and your journey. It's a special one, and it's one I think a lot of people will continue to be able to relate with. So well done. Um, I think that is it for everyone else. We will be back next Wednesday at 1 o'clock. Thank you guys for watching, for joining, for listening, and that is it. Adios, everyone, and we'll see you guys next week.